Hey friends, and welcome back to the show. Just wanted to give a brief content warning. In this episode, part of our conversation does mention some sensitive topics that might be triggering, including sexual abuse and pedophilia. Please take care of yourself as you listen, or if you need to set this one out, we understand. Thanks and enjoy the show. Oh Lord, <laughs> how excellent. Am I like, so I guess we now have an opening selection. <laughs> I'm like, okay, go ahead, shoot. Sing, mm-hmm. mother. Wow. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't sing so that I don't end up crying because I'm super emotional. Um, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Misfits and Mystics podcast, where we talk about things concerning faith, uh, mental health, artistry, and social justice. And it's also a place where my good friend Alicia and I just talk shit. True. So yeah, how are you, Alicia? I am better. It's been a day, (laughs) but I'm better. How are you? I am better as well. It has been weak. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly. I'm coming down from just a whole bunch of emotional shenanigans. My dear old friend, her name is bipolar disorder (laughs) yes i will be transparent um yeah but i'm doing a lot better today and i am able to be functional and stable and i am super blessed to be able to talk with you i love the positivity yes yes you know because uh Things like mania and depression are super whack. So, you know, we just got to keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this week we are talking about cancel culture, <laughs> which I guess is it's super relevant, you know, these days especially if you are on social media of any kind particularly on twitter i feel like twitter is the motherland for cancel culture and i actually read a tweet today that said accountability is not cancel culture and it was one of those tweets where they like tweet the same sentence over and over and over again Mm -hmm. (laughs) which by the way who started that trend no idea (laughs) but I mean relevant (laughs) super relevant so I when I saw that I knew it was a sign that this was the day to talk about it um yeah what are your this was the day that the Lord has made (laughs) Uh, I was like okay oh true Uh, it it is the day the Lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it even if we have to go down cussing and fighting and screaming to make it happen. Um, Cause I'm a true believer in cussing and praying at the same time. 
Okay, what were you about to ask me? Okay, uh... <laughs> oh, what are your thoughts on cancel culture? Like, what do you think about it? What do you know about it? Do you participate in it? <laughs> um, I try to stay out of all things, okay? But, well, I'm going to say I try to stay out of things publicly. Um, I definitely have my thoughts and opinions on some things. Other things, I'm just like, listen... I don't need to put energy into it because there was never energy there to begin with. So, you know, yeah. if somebody wasn't relevant, you don't need to cancel them. But we'll get to that. So, okay, I pay attention to it. Twitter is my favorite social media site where, you know, I feel like most of cancel culture happens. Um, and it's very interesting. I absolutely love Twitter. But Twitter also makes me very angry, and I realize that some, sometimes I have to cancel Twitter. <laughs> so, <laughs> as participating in cancel culture, that's usually where where mine happens. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to limit my time spent on Twitter. Um, I will say that Twitter is a lovely place to learn from the right individuals. Mm -hmm. It's a place for, it's a place that can cultivate community where you might not have it in other spaces. And for me, Twitter was a great outlet for when I was still very closeted and wrestling with questions about my faith in relation to my sexuality and just other things in general. So I really enjoyed learning from queer Christians and, you know, misfits and mystics like ourselves. Um, <laughs> actually, I feel like Twitter kind of is what inspired the idea to start this podcast just by engaging with people who are talking about things that, you know, we talk about on the show. Mm -hmm. I would say most recently I've been utilizing Twitter, like through direct messages because now I have formulated a little bit of a community. And so I feel like it's just a way to connect with people individually now, as opposed to getting all up in the hype of, you know, the Twitter threads and trying to be relevant yeah. all the time. Um, and I don't, I don't really use Twitter like as a means to like promote myself. Like I feel like I use Instagram for that. Like, you know, follow me on Instagram if you want to know about like my dance stuff and like what I'm actually doing in life. But I feel like Twitter is definitely a place where people share ideas and thoughts, which can be very helpful, but also can be super toxic when you let it consume your whole day because you just get wrapped up in the the arguments and yeah, I've had to cancel Twitter. I've had to cancel reading like the countless comments because it's just a whirlwind mindfuck and not good for my mental health. Yeah. Yes. Um, well, cancel culture, let's define it. Um, basically, cancel cu culture is basically when someone 
usually famous or someone who has influence does or says something deemed problematic or harmful to a community and then that community is that's usually impacted by it the most cancels them by refusing to support them or support their work so we've seen examples of this all over the place particularly recently with movements like you know, I feel like the Me Too movement um, kind of resurged this culture of canceling people. Like when we found out the horrid things that people like Harvey Weinstein and other people in Hollywood, like, you know, the abuse that's going on um, in Hollywood, um, things like Mute R. Kelly, when we found out, well, not not that we <laughs> just found out. We did know. Okay, now. <laughs> But when, you know, more facts came to light, um, it kind of resurged the movement of like, let's cancel R. Kelly, don't listen to his music, don't go to his concerts anymore. Um, So we see it all over the place Um, from musicians, artists, actors, politicians, preachers, you name it. Um, I have canceled many a preacher in my day. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, no one is above being canceled. I would say you haven't like made it until you've been canceled at least once. <laughs> no, I feel like that's a, re- a prerequisite to like relevancy these days. It's like you get to the top and then you do something or say something that is stupid or problematic or annoying and a group of people decides you're canceled we don't want to deal with you anymore but the thing is no matter what even when a community cancels you there's still a community that's still embracing you still supporting Mm -hmm. you like okay donald trump our no well their president Um, (laughs) he has been canceled, uh, by many of us and yet his supporters are still standing strong. I'm actually scared still for the election of 2020 because, you know, he still has a pretty strong base. So I kind of feel like just because somebody's been canceled doesn't mean that the power and influence that they hold has like gone away. Right. Because there's always going to be somebody out there holding on, (laughs) no matter how abhorrent the person is or the actions that they've done. So so maybe we just kind of go through a few examples. I guess this is kind of our take on some of the hot topics that have been going on recently. Um, So why don't we, I guess like common reasons like why people have been canceled in our day. And I guess we could start with the abuse, sexual assault cases that have come to light, particularly with people like R. Kelly. And um, yeah, well, first of all, did you watch the Surviving R. Kelly documentary or docuseries? I watched... um the first night like all the episodes of the first night and then 
I think I skipped like the next two or three or something, and then I saw some other ones, but I didn't finish watching it because I was just like, yeah, I can't. I mean, yeah. I was over it after the first episode, but, you know, I just wanted to be a little more informed. But I honestly, I had been canceling him before this even came out. So mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, even more reason. And yeah, I'm done with this. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I remember when it came out about the 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 sex tape mm-hmm. but i i think it's really sad that the majority of the memories that i have of that case were fueled by these parodies and jokes like talking about it yeah but not like actually the facts of the case and so i one of the things that i felt was you know, good about the documentary was that they focused on the actual events and not the sensationalism Mm -hmm. that followed after, like actually getting to hear the perspective of the survivors and their families. Finally, we get to hear their side of the story and not the scandalous, you know, reports that you hear on the news or the very like like when I look back on it just very distasteful you know jokes and parodies that were made about it like when you actually know what this man is being accused of it's like not funny yeah um, at all so yeah um yeah I watched all parts and I I don't know why I did this but I I watched all the episodes in one sitting oh yeah um it was one of those things where it was disturbing but i couldn't look away but with each episode every time they introduced like a new person like oh my god another girl another another woman like it was it was difficult like i i took breaks but i just i had a full like afternoon evening to myself and I didn't plan on watching it in one sitting it just sort of happened um because it was so uh captivating isn't the right word it's not the word I want to use but it, it pulled me in and um it was devastating but I just you know it's one of those things where you push through being uncomfortable because it's too important to not like be confronted with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had sort of canceled R. Kelly before it came out. And like you said, it, it just reaffirmed like my reasons to let him go. But to be honest, um, aside from his song, I believe I can fly. Um, R. Kelly wasn't even that great to me. Like, he wasn't one of those artists where it's like, oh my gosh, like, I could never listen to an R. Kelly song again. Like, I've actually been pretty great, like, these past few years, like, not engaging in his music, um, because I kind of wasn't anyway, you know? 
it's he's sort of always been an afterthought. So I never really understood the hype, you know, behind him as an artist. Um, but you know, artist subjective to each their own. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah. But then this new documentary has come out about our beloved Michael Jackson finding Neverland which I have seen very little talked about online and I also didn't hear about it before seeing anything online and I have not seen it so I honestly don't even know what's going on with that I have not seen the documentary because I don't have HBO and I'm not paying for it (laughs) (laughs) big fact Okay. Um, if anybody wants to give me their password, um, I will gladly take it. But yeah. Um, so I don't have the accessibility to watch it. And, but I have, you know, listened or watched some like recaps and like people's thoughts on what they saw, which isn't the same thing as you know, seeing it for yourself. But a lot of the recaps were able to like summarize the documentary enough where I got the gist. I mean, basically kind of similar to Surviving R. Kelly, but it's, you know, told through the perspective of two men who were allegedly um, molested and sexually abused by Michael Jackson, which we... Again, similar to R. Kelly, we've been knowing about these allegations um, that have been settled out of court or he's proven not guilty in court, you know. So, yeah, and people have made their decision um, long ago whether or not they wanted to cancel Michael Jackson or not. Um, Obviously, most of us have not canceled him. And Michael Jackson is one of those artists where it is a little more devastating, you know, because he's actually like one of the greatest entertainers of all time. Um, His music and legacy is everywhere. Literally. Saturated in in our culture not just in black culture but everybody's culture like he's a world-renowned artist um but michael jackson is also dead so (laughs) it's kind of (laughs) it's conflicting because some people are like oh so y'all want to come out with you know this documentary after this man has been dead for you know many years And now you want to, you know, defame or deface his legacy. You know, it's disrespectful. And I kind of get it because if these men are not telling the truth, then that is, yes, that is abhorrent and they should be canceled, you know, (laughs) for sure. However, if it is true, I actually could understand why they did wait till he died to, to, to tell their story because Michael Jackson was obviously a very powerful individual. He was a very rich individual. Like I said, a lot of the allegations that he faced, like he was able to settle out of court, um, which doesn't really say one thing or the other, but it, it's, it is something to consider, you know, if you have a lot of money and you're able to 
sort of like hush things away with your money, you know? Whether you're innocent or guilty, when you don't have to see your abuser every day and deal with the consequences of their power, it can liberate you to be more honest about what was really going on. Because look at people from the past that have been long dead and gone. We have taken the time to re-examine their lives over and over again and sort of challenging the like sparkle and rainbows of who they were as a person and revealing those complicated truths about them that we may not want to hear. And so why should Michael Jackson be exempt from that process as well? So I don't know. I kind of get it, but it is kind of difficult to cancel somebody who's dead. Right. (laughs) I think it's good for people to come forward and tell their stories if they're, if they want to do that and they're ready to do that. And we should, you know, be supportive, but at the same time, you know, there's really, it's not like you can convict a dead man. So I wouldn't say it's exactly the same as the R. Kelly situation because R. Kelly is still alive and well and, um, you know, has an opportunity to have his time in court. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then we've had like politicians like, okay, were you, <laughs> were you old enough to remember when Bill Clinton, you know, his whole scandal with Monica Lewinsky you know, where he had an affair with her and then he lied and said that he didn't. And then it came out later that he actually did. And, you know, people are like, impeach the president. I feel like that was my first exposure of cancel culture before there was social media or the internet or anything like that. Yeah. But people were like, Bill Clinton has to, got to go. Um, and when you really like get into the subtext of the situation because of his position of power one could say that technically like he sexually assaulted monica because you know he used his power in a way that was uh exploiting you know so depending on how you look at it um bill clinton is not only a liar and a cheater but he's an abuser And yet, you know, he still has a complicated legacy as well. Some people are like, Bill Clinton is canceled. I feel like, unfortunately, his complicated legacy influenced how people view Hillary Clinton. Um, So it also kind of goes to show like how cancel culture can transfer on to people that are close to the situation but actually like aren't the perpetrators uh, of of the crime you know mm-hmm. that they're being crucified for um and then other reasons like racist and homophobic remarks or jokes most recently i remember roseanne tweeting that awful not even funny Roseanne is one of these celebrities that tries to stay relevant, which she didn't even have to 
do all that because they revived her show um, because this is the era of, you know, show revivals and reboots. <laughs> and um, she tweeted something that was, you know, racist and offensive. And she, you know, was kind of like, this person is an ape or looks like an ape. And it's kind of like, if you're going to be racist, can you at least be like unique right. about it? Can we not <laughs> like, <laughs> can we not use age old tropes like that perpetuates like racism? You know, let's come up with something new and inventive, but no, um, that's how you know racism is trash because it's not creative. It's not inventive. It's just, the same old garbage and um yeah so she tweeted that and twitter outrage was rampant which led to the network canceling Mm -hmm. her show (laughs) which i thought was horrible because it's it was kind of like well i know the show's about her but it sucks for the other actors and crew people because now they don't have a job anymore all because this one person said something that was stupid, you know? Yeah. Um, and that kind of made me think, like, when do we take cancel culture too far? Like, how can we cancel the individual person without it transferring to other people that are not guilty of the act, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Cancel everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Let me stop playing. I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's and this is why I stay out of it, honestly, because there's so many different parts to it. Sometimes it is just like no cancel. Um. But in many situations, there are so many different parts and so many people who get pulled into it and just like all of these things. And it just becomes too much. I think where it really becomes too much for me is is when everyone wants to make this like, yes, let let everybody know about things that are being said and done that that could possibly affect them or just like, you know, not wanting them to support people, but like. When it becomes this huge thing of like, don't support this person. If you do, you're about like, you know, I have my feelings toward people who like for R. Kelly. These people who still support R. Kelly, like, you yeah, know, I can't get down with you because there has to be something literally wrong with anyone who thinks that that's okay. At all, especially the pedophilia. So that, like, for me, that's one of those things. You know, you have your, like, okay, this is kind of a gray area, but then you have those things that are, like, absolutely not. Like, there's no question about this. For that, then it's like, okay, cool. Anybody involved, take them down (laughs) with this person, you know, whatever. But I don't know. Everything else is a lot. But I guess that's the thing. Like, how do we determine what is absolutely unacceptable and what 
we just like, oh, I don't agree with it, but we just let it slide because I totally agree with you. Pedophilia, sexual abuse of any kind is abhorrent and not acceptable and should like the person should be held accountable and should face some type of punishment, you know, whether that's jail time or some hopefully in whatever process there's some rehabilitation but like but i would i would deem like racism or homophobia like just as abhorrent like it's it's just as harmful it's harmful in a different way like the harms that it perpetuates manifest differently but it's still harming someone Mm. and so i guess like how do we as a society determine like how do we put levels to this thing because you know the old folks in church say (laughs) a sin is a sin is a sin you know like if all sins are the same in the eyes of god then you know it's all on the same level but I think we say that, like we say that, but we don't really believe it because, you know, our actions reveal what we really believe. Mm -hmm. And what our actions tell us is that we do put certain wrong doings or sins or whatever you want to call them, like on different levels. So obviously like, like based on what you're saying, you wouldn't be caught dead in the same room with somebody like R. Kelly, mm-hmm. but you might be able to tolerate somebody like Roseanne. Yeah. What I feel like we should all be on the same page with are things that are wrong, but like that are justified by like law. So of course <laughs> all this wouldn't be going on with R. Kelly if pedophilia was okay. It's not okay. Like, you can literally be thrown into jail. Quick and easy. Why is taking them so long with this man? Mm, okay. But. But it's not always so quick and easy. It's it's not. That's, but I'm saying it, it. Like, there are actual things that, that stand against this. So, it, it should be a quicker process. But things that are like racism, then, of course... I don't think that there are actual laws that say, hey, you can't be racist. If you are racist, then you're going to experience this. Now, of course, when it comes to cancel culture, like the smaller scale of black Twitter um, posting videos of, you know, somebody calling them the N word or whatever. And then black Twitter being like, you know, hey, black Twitter, this person did this. This is what happened. This is the situation. Let's do our thing. And then they get to get an information for where the person works, where they go to school, you know, all that stuff. Then it's like, that's something that is more of a, you can either choose to to cancel this person with us or you don't have to. Because at the end of the day, it really just depends on how the people in power over the situation handle this and how they handle this person. But for things that are like, we all know that this is wrong, unless you're a person who's a part of that and you have something going on mentally that is just not, a, not in order. Um then everybody knows that these things are wrong. So I feel like if there is something that backs your wrong to say that this is actually wrong, like there's actual document and um, consequences, um, especially lawful consequences that go against whatever you're doing, then we should be on the same page. But of course, we're not going to be on the same page because people are people and they honestly can't make the decisions that they want to make. 
But if we want to have some type of consensus, there are certain things in certain people's situations that I feel like, you know, if you're not on this side of canceling them, I'm a little worried about you. And I might just have to cancel you too. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. Well, and then I guess that like goes into... Like, obviously, with people like R. Kelly, Michael Jackson, Roseanne, um, you know, pe- people who are entertainers, people who are artists, you know, a lot of people ask, like, can you separate the art from the person? Mm-hmm. Um, because, okay, there's another example. Um, Nate Parker, who's an actor, um, you probably remember him from movies like The Great Debaters. Um, he starred and directed in a film called Birth of a Nation, which was based on the life of Nat Turner, who led a slave rebellion. And I actually saw that film um, when I had HBO. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to my former roommate who had HBO. Um, But yeah, I watched that movie and then... It was, it was a really good film. It was one of those films where it was obviously a period piece that depicted slavery. But for the first time, I saw a film about slavery where we were not these victims wallowing in the fields. Like, we took things into our own hands and we saw this man lead a liberation, mm-hmm. you know? And it was very powerful. It was a good movie. Um, Nate Parker, he's an excellent actor. Um, he directed the film as well. So I was like, wow, this is great. A few weeks later, I read about him being wrapped up in a rape scandal where he was one of the accused of raping this girl when he was in college, I believe. Um, I don't really remember all of the facts surrounding the case but this uh the information of this case had resurfaced like right around the time that the film was getting a lot of attention um and I remember Gabrielle Union who was also in the film like she later came forward to say you know kind of share her complicated feelings because you know she was like I like this movie was really important and you know the message of the movie is really important and she believed in the in the work obviously or she wouldn't have done it but after you know learning about Nate Parker's past and also as someone who was you know a sexual assault survivor a rape survivor Um, She had mixed feelings and she understood if people decided they didn't want to support the movie anymore. Um, And it just, it made me really sad because the film alone is actually a very important film to see. Um, Just from like, as a lens to uh, bring more representation to black artists, um, to black stories, 
to tell new stories of historical accounts that have been perpetuated over and over again, but are usually told through the lens of like white saviorists, Mm -hmm. you know? And I was like, finally, we have something that's told from the perspective of our people that has the intention to liberate us instead of keeping us in chains, Um, which I felt was very powerful, but now it's tainted by this, you know, scandal, you know? And at the midst, in the midst of it, there's still a, a woman out there who has been brutalized, who has been raped, whether he participated in the rape or not. And she's still having to deal with the pain and the trauma that surrounds that. And it, it kind of, that's when I started to really wrestle with like, can I, can, can we separate the art from the person Does it depend on the art? Because that was some good art, you know? (laughs) Um, Some people's art, I'm like, but again, art is subjective and how it makes you feel and how it impacts you is going to be different for everybody. So like some people may be really, really, really inspired by Bump and Grind by R. Kelly. For me, that's not my jive, you know? But maybe that song got you through a really tough time (laughs) in your life. That's, know, that's like, honestly the weird part like okay i get that you like the music but when people <laughs> when people have those stories of like this album was just so helpful in me like <laughs> getting a, I, I don't even want to say anything specifically because i don't want to make fun of anybody's like struggle or anything but it the correlation just be so off it just be so off a lot of times. So it's like, right. okay, sis. All right, bro. <laughs> I'm going to let you do your right. thing. I mean, it's like, yeah. So I guess it just depends on the art. Because, like, Bill Cosby, like, we all love the Cosby show. It was, you know, it was a positive show. It depicted, like, a Black family that was positive and uh, inspiring and uplifting. And there were so many other great actors in the show like bill cosby wasn't the only person on the show mm-hmm. um so like do we cancel the show and then you know not give the other actors their due you know for the work that they exactly. did um you know it's and at the end of the day i think people correlate bill cosby with his character bill huxtable but Bill Huxtable is a fictional character. Mm-hmm. So I think it's possible to still love the character of Bill Huxtable while still canceling Bill Cosby. Yeah. Situations like that, yes. What I don't agree with is trying to separate R. Kelly from his music. That is all the same person. He did not step into another character <laughs> to create that music. It's literally all the same name. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they they talk about that on Surviving R. Kelly, like how if you really listen to the lyrics, you realize that some of the things that he's saying correlate back to the pedophilia, to the non-consensual acts that he perpetuated onto these Mm -hmm. women. Um. 
Yeah, but then what about Michael Jackson? Like when I listen to Michael Jackson's music, like that's something that is very difficult for me to to deal with because Michael Jackson is one of those artists where a lot of his music brought me up and has ushered me through many, many, many dark times. And it's not like his music like heavily like correlates back to the allegations of him messing with kids, Mm -hmm. you know? That's what makes it so shocking and devastating because, yeah, because like, it's like, who would think, you know? But I guess, I guess it just depends. And I think it's a personal choice most of the time. And I find that a lot of times people are just like, oh, if you, if you don't completely cancel everything about this person, then you're trash Mm -hmm. too. (laughs) And I kind of get it when it comes to certain things, but some things I'm just kind of like, it's complicated. (laughs) And I think we don't always allow room for nuance. I mean, which then leads me to people like Kevin Hart, who in the past has said some problematic things about gay people. And as a queer person, you know, I have to look at that and be like "Mm, suspect Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) but then he goes on the Ellen DeGeneres show who is like total gay icon and she comes to his defense and she's like listen that was a long time ago you've apologized and now you're you know doing great things you should host the Oscars because you're funny you know And you're talented and blah, blah, blah. And I think, I don't know, it kind of felt like Ellen was being like, listen, I'm the lesbian (laughs) God. So if I say that Kevin Hart is not homophobic, then he's not homophobic. But it's like, but my thing was with that was like, that's great, Ellen, if you have a personal relationship with Kevin and his past actions don't bother you. But really like, his comments weren't even really about you to begin with because the core of Kevin's audience is always going to be the Black Mm -hmm. community. And his previous comments are very much like a reflection of the dark, twisted homophobia that exists within the Black community because he said comments particularly about you know what he would do if his son were gay which is very prevalent within the black community of the myth these lies about homosexuality tainting black male masculinity um which is perpetuates so much harm to black gay men um you know with i i shouldn't even have to go into why that's so problematic and so harmful um, to black queer people. But it's like, you know, it's kind of like, look, Ellen, you're in your little 
white lesbian land, which has its own set of struggles, but it was, I don't know, it just kind of felt a little tone deaf to me. And it's like, what gives you the right to determine if people should, you know, cancel him or not? when you're not even the one that it truly, truly impacts. And I felt that way about all the white gays on Twitter, whether they were for or against him. It was kind of like, "Mm, this is not your battle. Maybe we sit this one out. (laughs) Because my thing was, until some of you white gays are willing to work on your racism that exists within the LGBT community, maybe you should like not say anything Mm -hmm. about Kevin Hart. And let us black folk handle it. (laughs) You know? I don't know. But again, like, do I not watch any of the movies that he's been in? You know, do I not go to, do I not support any of his work in comedy anymore? Like, because the truth is, is that what he said, you know, it was a long time ago. He has apologized. But I think what people need to take note of is like, not that people apologize, but actually look to see that there's evidence that the person has changed. Because saying I'm sorry is just words, but we actually need to see that you meant it by changing your actions and working to ensure that you don't do it again. And as far as I know, Kevin has not like said anything sense to that level but like I haven't really seen him like really do anything to stand in support of the LGBT community either so it's just kind of like I don't know but maybe Kevin Hart is kind of like you or he's like I'm just not gonna get involved (laughs) (laughs) one way or the other so therefore like nobody can cancel me if I don't say anything you know but I mean he was already involved so maybe that's his yeah like you can't get out of this (laughs) now Kev like okay (laughs) but it is kind of like that that mindset of like you're either for us or against us and there's no in between Mm -hmm. there's no grace there's no mercy like you need to pick a side you need to pick it now um which i get it but it's i question the intentions of people who have that mindset all the time yeah i have some people that i want to talk about on this I guess because Kevin Hart you know the whole comedian thing so I don't know if you've heard do you know who Jess Hilarious is yeah have you heard about her situation is this about she was on the plane Mm -hmm. and okay yeah go ahead and speak on so just a rundown of what happened Jess Hilarious you can find her on social media. She's also on Wildin' Out and some other stuff. But she recently was on a a flight. She was supposed to be going somewhere. And apparently, she complained to the flight attendants and I guess some other people, whoever works for the, the company, um, saying that she felt unsafe because there were people on the flight with turbans on. I'm saying turbans because I don't know exactly what type of head wear they had on, but I'm just going to say turbans. She felt unsafe. Now, I don't know if there was more to the story. Of course, we were not there, um, 
but that was the way that it was reported. And as far as I know, I haven't seen her say anything other than that being the situation. Um, so she said that, that she felt unsafe, but not only that, she recorded them as they were getting off the plane because they evacuated the entire plane. And I believe the flight ended up being like two hours, three hours later or something because of all of this mess. But when she went to record those people leaving off of the plane before she left off the plane, then, then it became a thing of like, okay, is this a joke? Like, if you feel unsafe, then you feel unsafe. Which one, why do you feel unsafe? But two, you feel unsafe, but now you're doing this whole, you know, comedian thing. You stepped into your job as opposed to being an actual human being and, you know, following through with your shit. Um, so that was that. But not only that, people found out about it. And she made a video. I only saw one video. I don't know if there was more than one. But she made a video, like, going off about it. Like, if I feel unsafe, then I feel unsafe. F what y'all gotta say. Just, like, all the stuff. And it's just like, what's this? Why do you feel unsafe? But then the funniest thing to me, funny but not funny, is people were like, how do you... <laughs> How do you sit here and talk about these people having um, turbans on their head and you feel unsafe and you literally have a very similar headpiece on right now? Literally, if you watch the video, it's probably still on her page. If you go to her page on Instagram or even it's probably all over now, she's like going off and has this like head thing on her head. I don't know what it's called. I've seen them before. My sister actually owns one, but I have no idea what they're called. But it's just like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And why do you feel okay with this? Like, you feel unsafe because somebody has something on their heads? You're like, okay. Okay. Yeah, it, it is like, it's super problematic regardless because it reveals her bias mm -hmm. which perpetuates harm to those individuals because they probably are just two innocent people trying to get on a plane just like everybody else but she is talking about well, I feel unsafe because you know our society has informed us that people who dress a certain way or look a certain way are dangerous mm -hmm. terrorists you know which is really silly when you think about it because it seems like a lot of the terrorist attacks that have been happening have been perpetuated by white men <clears throat> but we won't get into that but <laughs> it's it's super troublesome because out of all people, she should be someone who understands what it feels like to be judged based on what you look like or based on what you're wearing because Black people get pulled over, stopped, questioned all the time mm -hmm. because of the way we present ourselves and what society says about like what is considered to be dangerous and what is considered not to be. And it's sort of like, you should be standing in solidarity with people, with those individuals, not perpetuating to a system that seeks to oppress others. 
So, yeah. She's kind of canceled. <laughs> but actually, now that I think about it, I never really looked into it. And that's the thing that, for me, also, um, or again, the whole cancel culture thing, like, it, it can just be so much that sometimes I will just avoid things, especially if I don't really support the person anyway. It's not that I don't support her, but she's not a page that I'm going to go just, like, sit on and just, like, scroll through pictures and videos. I don't watch Wildin' Out. Like, I, you know, she's just not in my radar. Um, but I actually remember her name coming up at another point because she made some homophobic comment before. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just thought about that again because when I saw these videos this time, um, some of the comments were saying like, oh, she's been canceled, but she just keeps making it worse for herself. Like people started just laughing at this point because they were just like, you just messing up your own career. And You've made it in some sense, but you're not there, there, like, where we know you really want to be, and you already, like, effing yourself up. So, at this point, <laughs> we're just going to let you do what you want to do, because nobody needs to really cancel you. You're, like, you're canceling yourself. So, okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, similar to you, like, she's not somebody who's so much on my radar i don't really care that much about her one way or the other um so it's kind of like you can't really cancel somebody that you were that you weren't really like for in the first place um which at that point when you are participating in cancel culture towards people that don't really have much impact in your life one way or the other i feel like you're just jumping on a bandwagon at that point Mm -hmm. um and it's not really about the victims but it's about you latching on to a cause because you need to be a part of something um and i guess that's the thing about cancel culture is that i am all for us holding people accountable to the harms that they create at the same time i feel like cancel culture perpetuates a system where we center the perpetrator the predator the person who did the crime when we should be centering it around the victims and the survivors. And we should be centering it around like, what do we need to be doing to support them Mm -hmm. during this time of trauma or grief or hurt that they may be experiencing? Um, Like that's the whole thing about the R. Kelly thing is that, you know, everybody knows R. Kelly's name, but like none of us can actually name the women. Nobody actually says their names. Um, and nobody really dives into what they may be experiencing. The whole time I was watching the docuseries, I just kept waiting for someone to offer these women like free therapy or some type of resource for them to get the help that they need because okay they've shared their wounds to the world for people to talk about and speculate and judge 
And then they have to go back home to their families, to their lives. Like they still have a life to live and they're just left, you know, vulnerable with their trauma. And I always wonder like, what are the powers that be doing to ensure that these women can live productive lives that they can actually be healed from the situation and not just used as a pawn to get people's agendas, you know, across, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's where I struggle because, yeah, we need, we, we want to know and need to know about the people that are um, doing wrong things so that we, we can be aware but at what point do we not let it be about them anymore and let it be about actually helping people that need help? That's a really good point. A really good you know? point. Yeah. Because it's like we, we put so much energy into the person who, like our cancellation should be focusing on the person who needs the support. Yeah, I think it's it should be more about canceling what was done. Like you were saying, we can all agree that pedophilia is wrong and we we can use this situation of R. Kelly to shed light on the fact that there are other, so many countless other people that have been victimized by pedophilia. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a celebrity phenomenon. It is actually very, very common um, in our society, more than what people would think. Because truth is, reality is stranger than fiction. And the truth is, is that there are so many women and girls and boys who, you know, been part of situations that were described you know, in that docuseries that these women, you know, shed to light. That's a reality for many unknown people. People that you may live next door to, people that you may work with. Um, and the perpetrators and the predators are also people that you may know. So maybe people in your family, you know, and it's just like, R. Kelly isn't really the problem the problem is the pedophilia the problem is you know the sexual abuse the problem is the exploitation of women and girls you know Mm -hmm. we need to stop with like focusing on the actual individual and really get down to the root of the matter at hand you know Mm -hmm. um and i think it shouldn't always be about like, oh, when a celebrity does it, now everybody wants to talk about it. But let it be an icebreaker to start a conversation about the everyday victims that, you know, don't get to have a docuseries where they get to, you know, tell their story. Because a lot of times people don't aren't in the position where they can tell their story at all and get any type of retribution or justice, you know? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people suffering in silence, and here we are just throwing shade on Twitter, you know, 
And for what? Like, what does that actually really accomplish in the long run? Nothing. We just like talking shit. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's like, that's fine to do along with something productive. So, yeah. Right. Well, and I guess because also, like you were saying, when you were like, I, I, I don't really like to get involved because first of all, you know, I love that when you admit that you don't really know much about a situation. And I feel like social media perpetuates this culture of like, we, you know, we hear a soundbite or we read a little snippet of something and then we just pop off on it without actually doing the research to figure out, okay, what's really going on Mm -hmm. before I formulate an opinion and then I decide to cancel somebody and then maybe it turns out that maybe that's not what really happened or maybe there's more to the story maybe this is more complex than we think Mm -hmm. um take jesse smollett for example (laughs) i will admit okay that i jumped on the bandwagon because like i mean it was believable it really <laughs> at <was>. first. <laughs> like, and our personal experiences and identities often inform, you know, what we latch to. So as a queer black person who lives in fear of something like that happening to me, because there are actual true stories of people who have been beaten Um, because they were black or because they were gay Um, of course like I'm about to be pissed off and I'm going to rant to the internet gods like okay (laughs) and then it comes out later that you know actually he may have been lying and now we're just sitting here scratching our heads like so And now Empire is actually in danger of being canceled, which I'm kind of like, he's not even the main character on the show. (laughs) Can't they just like kill his character off and Terrence Howard, like keep it moving? (laughs) They really could, honestly. I'm just... I'm just saying, like, what does Terrence Howard and all the other people on Empire have to do with Jesse's lies? Nothing. You know, the show must go on. Um, Which then kind of makes me feel suspect. Like, are they lying about him lying? Because the underlining theme of this is that we've talked a lot about Black people doing abhorrent things and usually what happens is there's usually a group of black people who are like y'all notice that they want to get on bill cosby and r kelly and michael jackson you know tainting their legacy but they don't want to talk about the woody allens and the harvey weinstein and and these stupid rich people who scammed you know these college admissions you know like they don't want to they don't want to have the same energy or outrage towards them. And so then it becomes like, is this, is this a ploy to tarnish, you know, black people because of racism, you know? And so a part of me was like, is this one of those times 
where we're just going to paint Jesse as a liar, um, which in turn will uh, cause harm to these other Black actors and their show. Like, I understand that it's, it's possible that the outrage is overblown towards Black people because of racial bias. And those Black people could be problematic all at the same time. Which is just awful. But it's possible that both things are happening at once. Yes? (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go completely silent on you, but like... That's that's honestly like a testament to how I dealt with the whole Jesse situation. I have not said anything. I have not even allowed myself to think too much because I'm just like, I... Yep. Yep. (laughs) I I don't know what to say. But that's a testament to like cancel culture doesn't just exist within like these woke liberal circles like uh I have watched I have watched my conservative white friends just ready to cancel him so fast (laughs) you know so it's 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 everywhere it's not just with us woke liberal millennials doing this like um, those conservative baby boomers, they be all about the canceling as well. Because hating Jesse Smollett furthers their agenda just as much as it serves our liberal agenda to cancel other people. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think we need to start admitting that. Like at some somewhere along the lines cancel culture is more about furthering your agenda than it is about actually uh, cultivating justice for the right people who actually need it. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess, I mean, people have reason to cancel us like, (laughs) because we support businesses that are have a complicated you know public persona like I remember Chick-fil-a you know when the CEO was like I don't support same-sex marriage and some of the money that they make goes towards organizations that support conversion therapy and you know I probably for some LGBT folk, like they ready to cancel me because I enjoy a good waffle fry. <laughs> you know, I love Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm so sorry. I'm not even going to lie to you. So We've had this conversation before and what did I say before? I'm just trying to eat. <laughs> and I don't mean that to be dismissive, but listen but then I read this article where it was like why you shouldn't eat at Chick-fil-a and it was like you know targeted towards like LGBT folk that still eat Chick-fil-a I went when I went to the evolving faith conference it started this like 
debate because one of the days they had chick-fil-a uh catering for lunch yikes and people they think about that (laughs) well because it evolving faith conference it wasn't it wasn't like specifically for queer christians like it was a space for that was okay it was a space that was supposed to be safe for queer Christians. However, I would say that there were probably many people in the room, whether they were up as speakers or just people in attendance that are still wrestling with what they believe about LGBT uh, affirming theology. Like, You know, like, that's just a fact, okay? And so I think it's kind of one of those things where it's like, listen, Chick-fil-A has good chicken. (laughs) And it was probably one of the, like, places where they could get, like, a good deal, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, it was an easy, like, it's Chick-fil-A is one of those places where it's, like, an easy thing that, like, can serve a large population of people. I'm sure it was a little tone deaf on the organizer's part because people definitely were in these Twitter streets like coming for them. Like, why would you have Chick-fil-A here when this is supposed to be a safe space for queer people? And obviously, like at the end of the day, you know, this this was run by cis het white people and so they're not always thinking about the things that we're thinking Mm -hmm. about you know even though they have good intentions so i don't know whose decision it was to bring chick-fil-a there but they did but was i gonna cancel the whole conference no (laughs) that's just come on but some people were they're like canceled that Rachel Held Evans and Sarah Bessie are canceled because Chick-fil-A is in the building. Okay. So you're just going to discount all of the good fruit that was in this room for two days because, you know, and I get it. Like, but again, like while you're out here canceling Chick-fil-A, there's also other businesses and services that we use that, also are equally as problematic in other areas there's somewhere in your life where you are contributing knowingly or unknowingly to some shady stuff because you know in this country we've allowed capitalism to cloud our judgment (laughs) And capitalism, we've allowed capitalism to hold us captive to the coin where you have to make some decisions and some people are going to get left behind. And so until we're willing to re-examine our systems, not saying we should totally get rid of capitalism, but until we're ready to really re-examine like what a healthy economic system can look like whether that's capitalism or whatever um until we're actually really to get down to the root of that 
all of us are problematic and all of us are trash. <laughs> yeah. And at some point, all of us are probably going to be canceled by someone. I'm sure people are going to cancel us after this episode. And you know what? That's okay. I'm still out here. I'm over here drinking my sweet tea. I'm bothered. <laughs> right. right. Oh, but that's real. And I think it's important that we keep that in mind when we are going so hard canceling people. Like, yeah, you can cancel them, but it doesn't have to be this huge, like, show of let me destroy their life. Just cancel them. Mm. That's a big thing, too. Like, when do we, when does cancellation, like, now become about destroying lives instead of just holding them accountable? I think it's possible to hold people accountable without destroying yeah. them. Yeah. Because we're not the, ultimate judge of the universe like i just believe you know let let's let god take care of that you know and i don't really believe that god is like a uh a petty mean entity anyway mm-hmm. um but if there's anybody that has the right and the power to do it it's god <laughs> so yeah, like we all have something to work on. And I think we need to, because a lot of it I'm seeing from people who make these claims about, well, the Jesus I know, you know, says this and does this. And I'm like, yeah, Jesus says like, before you like go dig it in somebody else's eye, pluck your mm-hmm. own eye out, you know? Um, And I think we're all just guilty of, pointing fingers at other people instead of looking in the mirror. Man, that just made me think of Michael Jackson. <laughs> Can't. Can't get away from See, him. He's, he's, he said it. If you want to make the world a better place, better look at yourself and make the change. Yeah, that's legit. Okay? I think it's also important to note, like, to pay attention to who's actually doing the canceling, who has the right to cancel. Because a lot of times I notice it's these well-intentioned people who, you know, want to get on the woke train. Like they realize, like they woke up and realize, oh, you know what? Like white supremacy is a thing. Um, and I have been participating in it or I've just been out here silently perpetuating it unknowingly. And I know like a lot of our white allies, a lot of our straight allies, whatever ally you are, <laughs> um, you you have that awakening moment and it's very painful and um, I get that. But honey, sweetie, <laughs> I'm gonna need for y'all to like go process that at home and stop like putting all that emotional labor on us on the internet Mm -hmm. or at these conferences or whatever space that you're sharing and stop distracting us from doing the real work with your performative temper tantrums on the internet, you know, like you're just searching for something to be mad about. Um, You left 
one tribe to go to another tribe. Like you actually haven't grown. You just traded one agenda for another. But it's all the same behavior and it's getting angry and throwing stones. And it's not helpful, which a lot of times that shows me where people are at and like whether or not I can really trust them to actually do the work of justice and to actually be an ally. (laughs) Because, listen, Papa John's Pizza, the, the founder of Papa John's, may be racist and bigoted and yes he is a trump supporter but listen i'm out here trying to get black millennials registered to vote i don't have time to be worried about whose pizza is racist or not (laughs) because like you said i'm trying to eat and my parents have been ordering papa john's pizza (laughs) since you know I was a little kid and while the founder of Papa John's may be a problematic asshole, uh, the person who makes my pizza here in Nashville, Tennessee is our people of color who need jobs, who need that coin. So yeah. And at, at the same time, while you out here, you know, boycotting, Papa John's Pizza, I don't see none of y'all supporting Black-owned businesses like Slim and Huskies. Shout out to Slim and Huskies. They're a local biz- Black-owned business here in Nashville that makes and serves really good pizza. So if you're in Nashville, you should go check them out. But yeah, I see everybody talking about don't eat Papa John's, but I don't see you out here supporting Slim and Huskies. Like, okay? <laughs> you know, like, let's... <sighs> Yeah, that's my soapbox for the day. I just want to say that I do not support Papa John's. and <laughs> But the reason why, outside of the racism, is that pizza is trash. <laughs> Yuck. But you don't do your thing. Y'all can eat y'all Papa John's. I'm just saying, I'm not eating it. Don't order no Papa John's around me. Well, you can order it around me, but not for me. I'm not eating Papa John's with you. It's not happening. Okay, I will let my parents yes, know. Know. I'm so glad we had this conversation when I come to visit. <laughs> I love y'all, but I do not want no Papa John's. I will go support Slim and Huskies, well, okay? Well, yeah, girl, you know I was going to take you to Slim and okay. Huskies. Like, okay, yeah. Um, I take all my friends to Slim and Huskies because I love them. But also, like, I'm, you know, kind of not really into pizza anymore. Like, as you know, I got food poisoning when I was in mm. New York after eating pizza and I've just kind of been scarred ever since. Um, I've attempted to eat Papa John's pizza twice since then. And this past time I had a little tummy ache and I feel like that was the universe saying, Abra, it is time (laughs) to finally admit what you're saying, that their pizza is probably trash. Um, so yes, I will be eating nothing but Slim and Huskies from now on. Yes. <laughs> My shameless plug, as usual, is to 
get your tickets to see The Way I See It, which was choreographed and directed by Kaylin Manning, performed by Found Movement Group. We had our final run through yesterday before moving into the performance space at track one. And I'm excited. Yes, I wish I could come see that. So, yes, I wish you could too. I feel like you would really love it. Maybe I will talk to Kaylin and we can bring the show to Chicago. So if you're in Chicago, um, hit me up. Like, do you have a venue? Um, we will dance for you there. Um, but yeah, that show's gonna be March 28th through the 30th at Track One here in Nashville. Tickets are on sale. There are three levels of tickets. You'll probably wanna see the show again because there's different perspectives. But yeah, I would recommend that you purchase a ticket that allows you to come see the show again for a reduced price. So make sure you pay attention to the different ticket options. Um, Tell your friends of all races, genders, shapes, and sizes. All right? We want everybody to come. Also on March 29th. So here's what you do. You go see the found show on the 28th. You take a little break to process and then you go see my uh, new friend, Janelle. Um, Her stage name is Fimone. Um, She's having a show on the 29th. She is a, a wonderful music artist that I've had the pleasure of getting to know and I hope to collaborate with her really, really soon. Um, but she's having a show on the 29th at the Lipstick Lounge. Um, there's also going to be some other performers as well with her. And it's going to be a gay old time. Yes. Um, so you want to come out and support her on the 29th at 7. And then you come back to track one on the 30th to see the way I see it again. <laughs> um, also... April 9th through the 14th is the Choreography 2 shows at Nashville School of the Arts. Support our youth, support our young artists. These three wonderful young women have conceived and choreographed their own show, which is around 70, 75 minutes worth of work. It's a full length evening show. Um, they did all the research. They did their own lights. They they've basically played the role of being an artistic director for the past uh like since August basically and they're only like 17 18 years old you know who can say that they did all that at that age so you want to come go support them at National School of the Arts on those dates and I'll have more information as it gets closer to the show I actually might have one of the girls on the podcast at some point to give us a little more info about that but just stay tuned so that's all I got for now also on April 20th Alicia and I <laughs> will be going to take yes oh my gosh oh my gosh okay I'm done sorry 
here in Nashville at the Camry Ballroom. I bought us tickets today. Oh, oh, y'all, I'm so excited. Oh. So, I'm so excited. If you want to come hang out with us, get your Please tickets do. to go see Take of the Bangas on April 20th. We're we're gonna have a great Man, time. A I'm ball. so excited. Like, uh. And then we'll maybe we'll go to church like the next day because the next day is Easter. Yeah. We should probably yeah, do we're that. We're gonna talk about that. <laughs> like, we should probably do that. <laughs> We should probably do that. Oh, we'll see. But if nothing else, we gonna have we gonna have some church at Take of the Vegas. Okay. My heart Woo! is so yes. happy in preparation for this. You have no idea. Ooh. So much happiness in one night. One night. I, I know. I was like, I just when I clicked the but I clicked purchase and i was like oh my god it's happening <laughs> i'm so glad that i could like do that yes i was like i'm so blessed right now <laughs> to be able to do this yes 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 all right and i and i just knew it would make you so 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 happy and i love like making my friends happy man i've literally like i didn't forget forget but i wasn't thinking about it in this moment at all so you saying that i was like huh when you were like april 20 i'm like what is she talking about and then it all just came out and i just <sighs> the happiness the feels <sighs> the excitement i know i just i can't wait to see your smiling face you can see me right now Okay. I'm literally like that night. I'm going to just like stare at you and just smile like, yes, this is it. This is why mm. I'm here. <laughs> so dramatic. <laughs> so dramatic. For real. Girls, please. I'm the drama queen <laughs> in this situation. Whew. Okay. We should probably close up with um, follow us. Okay. <laughs> Got to bring it down for a moment, but that weekend, listen, follow us on social media, on Instagram at Misfits and Mystics Pod, on Twitter at Misfits Mystics, and, um, you know, talk to us. Like she said, if you want to come see us at the show, come see us. If you have any requests, comments, concerns, whatever it is, feel free to talk to us, email us. Um, what's the email again? <laughs> Misfits and Mystics Pod at gmail.com. Bam, there it is. And don't forget to rate and leave a review on iTunes because it really does help us get visibility. And if you want other people to know about us, you know, because somebody actually messaged me on Twitter the other day asking, How can I support your podcast? Like, I'm really enjoying it. Sweet, sweet, Yay. sweet, sweet girl. I was like, leave a review on itunes girl okay <laughs> so you go do that and then yeah you hit us up if you want to hang out with us on the 20th we will gladly invite you into the fold yes we will so we love friends yeah yes love it um all right well we'll have our closing selection <clears throat> me 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 no i'm just kidding Wow. I just want to say that Abra is really pulling me out of my comfort with this. It's very, very fun. I am enjoying singing <laughs> whatever. 
y'all, I don't think about these songs until we're doing the podcast. So, <laughs> what? What are you talking about? You are a church kid, don't you know you're supposed to be ready? girl? You know, I, 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 nope, nope. See, okay, that's why we don't. <laughs> You non denominational You know what? You're not going to disrespect me and my people, okay? <laughs> you're all one. Okay. All right. right. <laughs> okay, but the song that I'm going to sing today, I have to put y'all on an artist if you don't know. The song is called Power. The artist, I'm not completely sure on how to say her name yet. I thought it was Isla, but I've also heard Ela. It's spelled I Y L A. Okay. And her um, EP is called War and Raindrops. It's like actually War plus Raindrops. So check it out. The EP is only five songs. And when I tell you it goes by so quickly and you just keep wanting to replay it over and over. And that's actually what I do almost every time I listen to it. It's that good. Plus she has some videos for some of the songs on YouTube. So check her out. Okay, cool. But this is Power. And um, I'm going to sing it in a lower key because um, <laughs> I'm not going to play myself, okay? I literally thought you were about to say, put me in I'm E <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm not that musically inclined yet. Okay. Okay, right. so. <clears throat> I say what I want and I'm honest, but I won't forget what you've caused me. It's flying away and I'm falling, I'm calling it off Cause you lay all your aching down on me Drain all the love from my body I take your pain but it's falsely My problem, it's not in He never hurt, hurt me like you could I'm moving on, walking away just like you would like you were, hand on my heart, it's our final hour, I take back my power, take back my power, won't say a word, silence is louder, as I take back my power, Take back my power. The end. What? Okay, so when are you coming out with your Yeah. EP? All right. Thank you so much for listening to us today. <laughs> um, we really appreciate your support. Wow. Please, um, as she said, share. Let your friends know. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um. You're really stretching me. This is the first time. Y'all, let me just let y'all... This is the first time that I've, like, seriously staying on a public forum. And so, I just... Let's give it up for Abram. Just just pulling, you know, the gifts out of me. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. Putting up with our shenanigans. We love you all. Remember, nobody's trash. People just do trashy things. Um, Call them out on it but also make sure that your justice work is centering around the actual uh vulnerable and not just serving your woke ego 
All right. All right. God bless you. <laughs> Bye.